Well, I want to welcome you to the Hills Church at home. So glad that you're a part of this today. Whether you're watching at a service time or you're playing catch up by video or you're following along on our podcast, we're so glad you're a part. Uh, I encourage you to do this. Go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You'll be able to download today's message notes. And if you have children, uh, you can download the kids activity sheet as well. I encourage you to do so, especially as we're reading here in the book of Revelation, you can follow along. So our title today uh, is the fifth and sixth seal. In fact, we're going to look at that out of the book of Revelation. I encourage you to do a reading to Revelation 6, verse 9 through 17. You can actually back up if you want to back up to verse 1 and read all of what we covered even last week. Let me mention, you know, last week we talked about uh, the four horses. Many times they're referred to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. That's found in Revelation 6, verse 1 through 8. And what's interesting when we looked at the four horsemen upon the judgments that they brought on earth, though it was war and pestilence and famine, it might appear to some that these were just uh, more extreme times that were taking place on earth. But here's what the world didn't know. It was just the beginning of judgment. In fact, these devastating events that we looked at last week are really just a warm-up for what's about to happen. In fact, we're going to see start uh, some of that starting here in the fifth and sixth seal. Jesus said, we looked at this verse last week, Luke chapter 21, verse 36, he said, Therefore, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man, that we're to be watching and we're to be praying that there are events taking place all across the world. These are uh, what we call, in fact, even it's referred to in the book of Romans, as uh, groaning pains, as labor pains that Jesus had mentioned. And we're, we're looking at this in the book of Revelation, a prophetic verse about what will take place here on earth. So let's pick this up in Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. So I'm going to break it up in two sections. So let's first listen and look at the fifth seal. Remember, um, John is a witness of what's taking place in heaven and he is shook because there's a scroll with seals and it doesn't seem like anybody is worthy to break the seal except the Lamb of God, Jesus our Savior comes. And we read last week, he breaks the uh, four seals. And now as we read, he's gonna break the fifth seal. And it says this, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony that they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer 
until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were, was completed. Now, so one of the things that we're reading about, the fifth seal has to do with the souls of those who have been slain, have been killed because of the word of God. Now, remember, the last four seals had to do with destruction coming on earth. This fifth seal has to do with those that were killed because of their testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what brings something very interesting, especially for us to think about when we look at this. When uh, the next event, we've been talking about this for some weeks, the next event that we believe, according to scripture, that will take place is that Jesus will return in the clouds. He will remain in the air. And we call that event the rapture of the church. Uh, it is said that there is a trumpet of God, that there's a shout of the voice of the archangel, the dead in Christ, those that have already died in Jesus Christ that are in heaven, come back first to earth as they are heading up into the clouds to meet Jesus in the air. So do we, those believers, Christians, we all ascend up to meet Jesus in the clouds and then we head with him in heaven. Now, I bring that up for something uh, interesting in particular because what it appears in the Bible is that our bodies are changed at that time, the rapture, what the Bible refers to as being caught up, the gathering together. Our bodies are changed. Uh, all of those that died in Jesus, knowing Jesus as their Savior in heaven, I believe when we look at the scripture, their bodies will be changed as they also come back and head back up into the sky. So they are right now, um, as we see, probably like these martyrs, they are a spirit, they are wearing a white robe, but their body will be changed. Now stay with me for a minute because I want to I want to um, give out a few scriptures here so that you can see maybe what's taking place when we saw this fifth seal. Now, the Apostle Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 35. But someone will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? How are the dead raised? And by what body do we come? Well, John mentioned in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, he says, Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall all be like him for we will see him as he is. We shall be like him. Stay with me on this one. Jesus having that resurrected body. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies, that it may be conformed into his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself, that we will be conformed to his glorious body. Well, then the apostle Paul picks this back up 
And he says, 1 Corinthians 15, 52, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. This body that from dust it came and dust it will return. This body uh, that because of sin now will have to die. And he talks about it will all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Uh, when the trumpet sounds, the dead will be raised incorruptible. We shall be changed. So let me mention this. In fact, I, I do think that this is very, very interesting when we when we read and we think of our, our, our study here. We just read and we looked at the martyrs wearing white robes. In fact, let me go back to that verse because I think it's very important for us to get a picture when Jesus opens the fifth seal, I saw under the altar. Read Hebrews chapter nine. In fact, we get a picture. Um, we many times read our Bible. We read through things and, and, and we, we wonder, well, why, why was that done at that time? Why was there an altar? Why was there a high priest? Well, those things uh, have been translated and are in heaven. In fact, we see in heaven, there's an altar. We just read right there. The altar of the souls that have, have been slain by the word of God and for the testimony that they held. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood of those who dwell on earth. And a white robe was given to each of them. And it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of the fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were, was completed. Now, it sure appears, according to the Bible, remember, let, let's, let's go through this sequence here a little bit. The rapture of the church takes place. The dead in Christ come back to earth as they are headed up to the clouds to meet Jesus in the air. So are we. And in that minute, these bodies are changed to a glorious body, a resurrection body, just like Jesus. Now, remember with me for a minute. When Jesus resurrected from uh, the dead and before he actually went and ascended and presented his blood to the Father, that wasn't just a covering for sin. It was the sacrifice of sacrifices. As he returned, he told the disciples to handle him. They could touch him. He could eat. He was fixing breakfast at the seashore. But this body also could walk through walls and appear. That's that resurrected, glorious body. That's the body that we will receive and we'll all be changed in that moment. But what we get a picture of are those that during the tribulation time, remember the church has been raptured, the church enters a period of seven years, the marriage supper of the Lamb, while seven years on earth are the tribulation times. Well, this fifth seal of the martyrs reminds us of this, that everybody that believed in Jesus Christ as their Savior has been taken from earth. Every pastor, evangelist, prophet, everyone's been taken. There's nobody to evangelize. There's nobody to profit. Uh, there could be those that thought they knew and thought they believed, but they didn't. But there's nobody to evangelize 
these people. But here's what's interesting. In fact, we've been talking about this. Uh, and we've we've put out a letter that you could leave for loved ones, coworkers, neighbors. There are videos like the one you're watching or sound or a uh, podcast like the one you're listening to, not just by our church, but by thousands of thousands of churches now that have had to upload videos and have left videos. And like we, we believe and encourage you to do, the, we leave everything uh, listed as long as we can to, to have history out there so that people can believe because they won't have those opportunities like you and I have right now to listen and to believe. But they did, they believed. And let me tell you, they believed in a time that was gonna be persecution like nobody has ever known before. In fact, we know and we read on here in, um, let me get down to this one verse, that Jesus mentions this thing and he lets, lets the disciples know he says, you will be hated for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. This seal that Jesus breaks, the fifth seal, is not a moment during the seven years, but really it seems like it's a summary of all seven years, and it's going to heat up past the three and a half years of tribulation. Think about that. But there are people that believe God. In fact, Daniel said this, and this is a, a reference about the Antichrist. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times a half of time, or what means three and a half years. Or there's an intensity, the last three and a half years of this persecution. But here's what I believe, and the reason that we mention all these things is that these martyrs in heaven don't have that resurrected body like the Christians that have. I don't know when they get it. I don't know if they receive it at the end of tribulation when Jesus returns to earth, which we refer to as the second coming. But here's what we know. In heaven are the martyrs, those that laid their life down for the word of God that would not uh, give up their Christianity, would not take the mark of the beast. They were killed. Why? Because they stood for Jesus. And Jesus said in these end times that many are gonna come and they're gonna profess that they're the Christ. In fact, it's gonna be so confusing in those days because the Antichrist will come on the scene and appear to be the Christ. Many will be deceived. Many are gonna follow after him. Many are going to think that this is the Christ. But he talks about those that will become martyrs and we read that the fifth seal has to do with those very martyrs themselves. You know, when we, uh, we read a little history about the death of the apostles, there are only two that we know of that are recorded for us in the Bible. The rest are listed in church history. So we really don't know exactly what happened, but we only know of two. In fact, one of uh, the Bible records is Judas, where he hung himself. In fact, remember he bought the field and he hung himself 
because he is the one that turned in Jesus. The only other one that we know about, James and John, James was killed by the sword in Acts chapter 12, verse 2. But church history lets us know this, that Paul was beheaded. Andrew and Peter were crucified, yet Peter, according to church history, did not want to be crucified in the same position as Jesus. He elected to be crucified upside down. Thomas was pierced through with swords. Philip was cruelly put to death. Matthew was stabbed. Bartholomew was killed. Simon the Zealot was killed for not worshiping the sun god. Matthias, now Matthias was the one that was chosen early in Acts to replace Judas. Uh, his was drawn by, if you remember the straw drawing, he was burned alive. And yet it was the apostle John that is recorded in church history that he was the only one that died of natural causes. However, we do know that he was boiled in hot oil. Now, when we read through all of these and we read about these that suffered and died, uh, I remember my Bible college professor, Larry Powers, on our very first day of Bible college. And as he was in front of his podium and he began to shake his head and begin to weep, he reminded that those there that were beginning ministry called of God would receive a stricter judgment that Jesus would hold you accountable for what you taught. It would have been interesting if uh, it wasn't just what you were held accountable for. It would have been interesting to know that if he says, and you know what, you're all signing up for this ministry thing. Let me explain how all the early apostles died. I don't think anybody would have signed up to be crucified, pierced through with swords, uh, boiled, any of those things. Notice but what it is. It's for the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus says those words. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. Here, here's Jesus, Savior of the world, and he's telling his disciples, in fact, it's passing along to us, you will be hated as a Christian for my name's sake. Let's jump into the sixth seal. Revelation chapter 6, verse 12 through 17 says this, and look, I looked and he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood and the stars of heaven fell to earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as the scroll when it was rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave, every free man, listen to what happened, hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Let me read that last part. The kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave, every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us 
and hide us from the face of him who sits on his, on the throne and from the wrath of man for the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand wow now let me mention this we see supernatural changes coming upon the earth and all the world is now going to recognize that these are coming from God. It's not to say the other ones were a warm-up, but some of them might look like it was just increasing extreme events. Notice that the fifth seal that has to do with the martyrs aren't necessarily the ones that people are paying attention on earth. But let me tell you, people are paying attention on earth, what's happening, and it's supernatural, and it's coming down. You know, uh, yeah, whether or not you believe this, we always kind of feel that our phones are, are listening to us. And I, as uh, I was reading these and plugging these things down, uh, I noticed that on YouTube, one of the first videos that posted that I had not looked up was that um, what would happen if Yellowstone, that, you know, that volcano erupted and exploded, how would that change the face of the earth at this time? I always thought that was an interesting video to play as I've been reading these things aloud. You know, the world is going to recognize at this sixth seal that this is the coming of God, that something is shaking. The sun becomes black. There's no more sun. Some scientists believe that if this event took place and the sun went completely black, that it would only be a matter of days, maybe a few weeks, that the earth was cast into minus degrees. In fact, some thought even a minus 100 degrees as there was no sun on earth. The moon looks like blood. Remember, the moon reflects, even at night, the sun. But the moon turns to blood. Stars are falling. Meteors are falling. They're striking the earth with devastation. Mountains and islands are being moved. And we read this in verse 16, or verse 17. For the great day of his wrath has come. Who is able to stand? Who is able to stand? If you remember in the Old Testament, the plagues that came on Egypt and some of, uh, some of those things that caused havoc so much uncomfortable it's not this is not about being uncomfortable this sixth seal is about supernatural destruction that takes place on earth with that hope that people repent and accept jesus as their savior you know if you read on in chapter seven it gives us another picture of heaven which i think is important for us to pay attention and listen to that we are always mindful of the events taking place in heaven. And that we, we read and we look at these words of prophecy. We remember that in a not too distant future, we're going to, to listen and see things like John saw. Listen to what he said. After these things, I looked and behold a great multitude, which no one can number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. You know, if you're familiar with your Bible, the events of Palm Sunday 
echo this very same a situation. Jesus is entering Jerusalem for the very last time before he's entering Passion Week, before he's going to surrender his life. The people believe that Jesus at any moment is going to be appointed king, Messiah, and he's going to be the conqueror. He's going to kick out the Romans. And yet that's not what happens, but they don't know that yet. And so what are they doing? They're cutting down palm branches. They're taking off their coats. They're laying them on the road before him. He's riding in on the, the colt. And as they come in, they are shouting, salvation belongs to our God. Hosanna. This same event that took place on Palm Sunday as we celebrate is now taking place in heaven because Jesus will be that coming king on earth. Isn't it interesting that the things we read in the Bible are actually things that are still happening as we see in heaven? But it, it shouldn't throw us off because we know that the word of God stands forever. So we looked at today the fifth seal, the martyrs, people that stood and believed and would not surrender or, or renounce or deny the name of Jesus. They stood and believed even to the point of death. And we see that they had entered into heaven. They were given a white robe. Jesus said to rest for a while because more were still to come. We looked at the sixth seal, which that sixth seal was supernatural cosmic events of earthquakes and the sun turning black and stars and meteors falling, the moon turning blood, mountains and islands moving completely out, out of the way. And everybody that was still on earth that was trying to hide themselves told the rocks fall on us so that they wouldn't have to go through that. And remember, God has been so patient, long-suffering, giving people time and time and time and time again to accept his son, Jesus. But now judgment has come. But you don't need to be alive at that time. You need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and allow him to be the savior of your life. In fact, if you've never prayed that prayer before, I want you to pray it with us today. And believe in your heart like Romans 10, 9, and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. The Bible says some amazing things take place. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. All heaven rejoices because you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. You've been translated from death to life and your spirit has come alive, and you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Pray this with me, if you would. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I confess him and accept Jesus as the Lord of, and the Savior of my life. I confess, and I thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I begin my relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I would encourage you if you prayed that for the first time, maybe you've been running from God and today is a day that you're running back to God. I pray that you would reach out to us, whether by the social media platform that you're watching, whether you're listening, 
that you would go to our website, connect with us, or connect with the church maybe you went to or a neighbor, somebody that's been telling you these things. But the most important thing is connect with somebody, tell them what you just did, and follow Jesus with everything, mind, soul, and now your spirit that's been reborn. Amen. Well, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, I want to read this one verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. Listen to this. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Notice what it says. He who provides seed to the sower. Who gives the seed to the sower? Who created all those things? Well, God did. And it creates bread for food. In fact, the prayer is that he would supply and multiply the seed you have sown. You know, many times there's been a description that uh, an offering, a tithe, the gift given is like a seed. And that seed gets planted into that soil of the kingdom of God. God is the one that recognizes it. God is the one that knows. Giving really comes out of our hearts. We should never give because we've been pressured to give. We always give out of a heart honoring and pleasing God. And he's called us to be givers. And here's what he says. It's not just that you would get the seed in return. Is it he would supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So pray this with me today. In fact, you pray it as if you're the only one praying it and believe that God is at work in your life, in your heart, prospering what you put your hand to, that even in your workplace, regardless of your position, God is the God of promotion. He sets one up, sets another down. That he'll multiply and he'll give you favor and blessing because you are a giver. Pray this with me. As I give in today's offering, I stand on the promises of God. And I believe that as I give, God will water and multiply it according to his greatness and power. He has supplied all of my needs and he will release his blessings over my life beginning today in Jesus' name, amen. In fact, if you're giving today, you can give online. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. It's safe, fast, and secure. You can also give by mail. You can write to us, the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. In fact, let me mention two things. One, at some point I'll share a major blessing that happened uh, really in our life this week. And we've always uh, remembered that whenever we've had a personal need or we've been believing God for something that we don't tell anything anybody about, even times that we're facing where, where uh, there's going to be some type of increase of expense that we need, we always come back and we always ask God, not only are we tithing and offering, but giving to mission. We are always giving 
expecting that God will do what he said he will do. And let me tell you, um, it happens and he is at work on our lives. The second is this. We start next week, July 9th, 10th, 11th, our vacation Bible school for kids at our church. You know, one of the things that's heartbreaking during this whole COVID lockdown, it was the damage that took place to our own kids being locked down out of school, out of sports. This is one of those opportunities to gather kids that they can hear the gospel and worship. They can do craft, win prizes, be in a game room, be together, uh, and really have that opportunity to accept Jesus as their personal savior. If you would like to partner with us in that, you can go to our website. In fact, in the giving part, you can click and you can give to Vacation Bible School. It's Kids VBS. We have about a $1,250 budget that we are looking to take care of to reach out. So it's going to be a free event to all of the kids that come. We would love for you to be a part. And if you've been listening uh, at all to me for a while, you'll know I never mention anything about a number or even giving to any project uh, that's not something that I feel like is a necessity. And I do. I feel like this is something. And we've even given personally to believe to see that kids come to know Jesus. So I want to encourage you, if you want to be a part of that, um, you can do so on our website or by mail. Well, as you download the notes, you're going to notice we always spend the first Sunday of the month doing communion. I'd encourage you download the notes, gather with whoever's in your household or whether you're, you're going to do the, listen at work or a neighbor and get something out for communion and read that verses on there and break the bread. It was a reminder of Jesus's bro broken body for you. Drink the cup which is to remember what the shed blood of Jesus did for your sins. But it had to do with you being in completely whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Re relying back on the promises of Jesus that he fulfilled in his broken body and his shed blood for you. I encourage you to take a time of, of communion. You know, and all you need is a bread or a piece of bagel or a piece of donut. I hate to say that, but. Uh, something and some some juice or something to remember him. That's what communion is about, remembering him. And as we do each and every week, we end with uh, our verse, why were the hills church, Psalm 121, one and two. Say it with me if you know it. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. We celebrate uh, as a nation in America, the 4th of July freedom, but we remember where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, that we are free, truly free because of Jesus and what he did for us. May the Lord bless you. Have a great 4th of July weekend. We look forward to connecting soon and be praying this next week for our vacation Bible school. Bless you, Jesus name.